I'm Dr. Lara Devgan. I'm a plastic surgeon in New York City, the CEO of Scientific Beauty, and of course, a major beauty enthusiast. You are listening to Beauty Bosses, where we chat with fellow industry leaders who are shaping beauty, fashion, wellness, and all things pretty. Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Beauty Bosses. I'm here with Ariane Goldman, founder and CEO of Hatch. Hi. Hi, welcome. Thanks. Um, so I'm so excited to have you here because Hatch has really made a big splash in the world of wellness and maternal health, baby health, and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's been an amazing journey so far, um, and I feel like I'm just getting started, which is really amazing. Um, so tell us a little bit about Hatch for those of so for those of our listeners who haven't heard of it. Sure. So Hatch is a brand that I created when I was pregnant with my first daughter, Charlie. Um, eight years ago, I was pregnant, and when I um, when I got the news, I was excited. I was lonely. I was nervous, and I was hormonal. But and I was looking for a friend out there, a brand or someone that understood what I was going through. And I really couldn't find um, anyone that was speaking to me. So I realized if I was in the market for someone um, offering me solutions and clothing that made me feel better about myself, there must be millions of other women looking for the same thing. And now Hatch has kind of expanded not just into pregnancy, maternity stuff, but also into post-pregnancy things. Yeah, so the whole concept around Hatch is that you can invest in yourself during this moment in time and that nothing is disposable. So all of our pieces are designed and kind of created with this philosophy that our bodies are changing, our moods are changing, but you can buy pieces that make you feel beautiful and they can kind of go with you through your different stages. Which is so nice because I don't know about you, but everyone says pregnancy is the most beautiful time in your life. And I, for one, have never felt less attractive than when I've been pregnant five times. Um, because it's it's rough, right? Did you feel beautiful when you were pregnant? There were moments where I felt really crappy. I didn't know what was happening with my body. I was uncertain, but I felt beautiful in just the power of growing life inside me and just so excited and I thought I felt so badass that I was actually this vessel for a new thing happening. Um, I was exhausted and tired and I wanted to feel good um, and I couldn't find anything that helped me. So while it was a tough time, um, that's kind of why I, I sought out to create a brand that made it just a little bit easier. So you actually started your career very differently um, at American Express, right? Yes. Um, so what what did you think you were going to be when you were you know in school? So I went to undergraduate business school at Mich- at University of Michigan and kind of got an internship at American Express, which is a wonderful company to work at. Um, I climbed the corporate ladder there for about eight years, con- you know, continuing to manage people and get higher and higher, and really realized that I wanted to do something and get my hands dirty as opposed to, to just being a people manager. And that's when the creative juices started flowing and I started to think about ways I can really kind of apply my um, gusto and think about where women needed things. Um, So my first foray into entrepreneurship started when I was getting married and realized that there was a white space in the market for bridesmaids dresses. And I started a line of bridesmaids dresses. Um, At the time, the the market was quieter and um, it was a huge success. So I left corporate America and started uh, the brand Two Birds. And how long were you at Two Birds? So I still run Two Birds, um, but it kind of runs itself because it's a one dress, one size fits all concept that's amazing. Um, and then I got pregnant with Charlie um, about four years into Two Birds. So I'm kind of following down the journey of a woman from, from <laughs> wedding to um, pregnancy and next will be kind of geriatric underwear. 
That's fun. I feel like you could really make it cute because like 70 is the new 40 (laughs) and you know, you you still have to look cute when you're, when you're in your seventies and eighties. I'll tell you, you know, creating brands that are authentic to what we're going through as women, I think there's such value when you're not BSing a product and you can actually speak to the fact that we're looking for things that just make us feel better. And so, so far both brands kind of fit that, that need. Um, and I'm excited to see what I do next. So I was reading that you, when you were thinking about Hatch, you um, lent yourself money from Two Birds to start this yet-to-be-named company just with this idea of filling the, the white space of you know, the need to feel beautiful and cared for during this time in your life. Um, so what happened? How did, you, how did you take Hatch from an idea into a company? Yeah, so I often kind of have breakfast with budding entrepreneurs who are saying, how'd you get started? How'd you do it? And, and honestly, I was so obsessed with filling this void. I was so lonely in a beautiful way during pregnancy that I knew that there was a need for this. And so I took some of the, um, a little bit of money from Two Birds. Um, I loaned myself so that I could bootstrap the beginnings of Hatch. Um, basically, what that looked like was 12 key pieces that every woman needed in their wardrobe to make them feel better when they woke up in the morning and pull some, from something that made them feel special. Um, so the initial investment wasn't so strong, so huge and um, necessary. But I will say the one thing to kind of do it is to do something every single day towards your vision and your dream because the momentum builds up to a place where if you look back, you really can't stop it because you've kind of come so far that the snowball is already hitting. So definitely um, keep going, don't look back, and just, and just keep believing in the dream because when you pick your head up, you're, you're almost there. Are most of the things that you're selling at Hatch things that you're sourcing or things that you're making? We make mostly all of our things. Um, we collaborate with certain um, expertise like denim um, until I built a team big enough to kind of focus on that. Um, we're going to continue to kind of collaborate with experts in those fields, but we make 90% of our products. And I'm proud to say that we make 70% of them in New York, and then we source the rest from um, other countries that have expertise in cashmere or embroidery across the world. What percentage of your sales are in-store versus online? So um, the first seven years of Hatch have been direct-to-consumer online, and um, really by taking the company on the road to um, trunk shows, Dallas and Texas and all these different places, um, women were spending three times what they were spending online. So I knew that they wanted to touch and feel and have fun with the product and interact with people. We still want that kind of touch, that in-person experience. And so it dawned on us that um, I really needed to open stores and a brick and mortar experience to kind of scratch and sniff the brand and not just see it online. And so we opened our first store 18 months ago and it's been a huge success. And so we opened another store in LA just five months ago and we're gonna continue to kind of build out these stores to offer these people, um, these wonderful women in this community, a place to kind of come and connect. Um, So the percentage of sales is still heavily online and it'll continue to be, but brick and mortar is just kind of a way to unite the community around the brand. Are you doing anything special in store that's that's kind of not online? Because I I was talking to another um, friend of mine who was on this podcast, um, Nell Diamond, and she built her brick and mortar store as a way to create a different kind of experience. So it's not just like a website in physical space, it's something else. And I was wondering if you, I had never thought about a store in that way, but I was wondering if you had thought of, about stuff like that with regard to your physical locations. Yeah, definitely. I mean, everybody's saying how retail is kind of dead right now, but it's really not for brands who've created this inherent need and desire to kind of come and see what's happening. So 
Our retail experience, quote unquote, is more than just selling stuff. We have a cravings bar that offers pickles and ice cream and candy. Which is so cute. I know. I was hoping you were going to talk about that. Yeah, it's really awesome because everybody's walking out with a smile. We're also doing something twice a week in the store, which I'm really proud of. We're bringing in doulas and lactation consultants. We're having miscarriage conversations and we're having mommy meetups um, where women can meet each other who are pregnant and do within three months of each other. So we're using like our roof of the hatch store as a place where women can connect and whether or not they walk out with a shopping bag or just something better and an experience where they've met someone or learned something, the meaning behind hatch and kind of the, the next stage of hatch being important to women is really kind of starting to kind of come to effect through these stores. How many employees do you have at your company? I have 31 women um, in corporate headquarters, and then we have eight, um, I think eight to 10 sales girls across both stores. Amazing, and what are your plans for kind of next steps? Oh man, the book is endless. Um, we, I, I really feel like I'm Besides just Besides getting... the geriatric underwear brand. <laughs> right. I feel like we're just getting started, honestly. Um, we're looking to roll out, because these community retail locations are so um, are working so well for us on so many levels, we're gonna roll out in about six to eight markets in the next three years. Um, we're gonna continue to increase our community presence, so all of these experts and um, wonderful educators that are coming into our stores, I'm gonna be servicing them online so that women can have a home base of um, not only wonderful products and beautiful things that make you feel good, but also um, education and information so that you can be informed and make choices. Um, so we're investing heavily in content um, and then continuing um, on the life cycle of the woman. So I'm very focused on the woman and not necessarily the baby. I'm obsessed with following you as a woman on your journey. So the next step for us is we're launching nursing um, and nursing uh, postpartum wear uh, in Q3 of this year. Very cool. And, you know, you've grown really fast, which has been, which is really interesting because um, the growth of Hatch has kind of paralleled the growth of your um, eldest child. Um, and so you're kind of raising this other company baby in addition to your actual human babies. Yes. Um, how do you, how do you fit in these different roles that, you know, how do you wear all these different hats? Um, I, I drank a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Coffee or alcohol? <laughs> um, in all honesty, I can't pretend I'm any expert here. It's, it's really challenging. Um, Hatch is my baby. I, I'm obsessed with it. I love it very much. I'm obsessed and I, I die for my two little girls as well. And there are moments where I have to choose between um, you know, leading a team of wonderful women who are also sacrificing some time with their kids to kind of build this brand with me and from you know gymnastic meets and, and school pickups and bake sales. So it's very, very challenging, um, often conflicted, but I will say that as the girls are getting older, it's getting easier for me because I'm seeing how the impact of mommy working and following a dream and being inspired every day is actually um, setting in for them. And when they have little exercises at school about what do you wanna be when you grow up or who inspires you, and they write about my store or me or the brand, um, you know, it's a longer run and it's a, and, and I wasn't so sure that it was going to work out, but I really now have faith that the, the role and the, you know, kind of the example I'm setting for them is going to be tremendously um, impactful as they grow up. So I'm, I'm banking on that. I totally agree with that. I think that kids get something out of seeing their parents working hard. It sort of, it imprints a certain set of values on the kids that like hard work has value and is meaningful and contributing something to society is part of life. 
I, I totally agree with you. And I will say, you know, I'm not the best stay-at-home mom when I am, I, you know, I'm not very good <laughs> at it. <laughs> so I want to I be inspired every day because if, if my gas tank is filled, I'm going to be such a better mom when I do have time with them to spend with them because I'm inspired. And so that's kind of my recipe for myself to like get through the guilt is just to kind of keep saying, well, if I give to me the same way we give oxygen masks to ourselves on an airplane before a kid, that's what they tell us to do. Yeah. Um, if I'm filled up, I'm going to have so much more to give them. Right. Because then you can contribute a little bit more. You have like the energy and wherewithal and all of that. Absolutely. Um, and this hit right at the right time because I feel like before 2010, the concept of self-care wasn't even a thing. I mean, when I started um, Hatch, WWD, Vogue, nobody would write about the category because growing your body was taboo. I mean, Anna, when nobody would celebrate the growing belly and the shape. It was kind of 10 months you were ostracized from like society and fashion and you were kind of like not, you know, all maternity fashion was tented dresses. You looked like a little girl like behind an oven. You know, it was, it, it was very um, ostracizing. And so when selfies and Instagram came around and editors started to kind of care about what they looked like and the Kardashians got pregnant, all of a sudden, all the tables started turning and Hatch had already kind of, I, I'd kind of spent some hard time going against the curve. Um, and there we were when they were ready for us. So um, it was, you know, quite rewarding to be the only player on the block when, when uh, they were ready to entertain and celebrate a changing woman's body. Yeah, I think that's so important because... We don't stop being relevant just because we're pregnant, right? Did you work through your pregnancies? Not only did I work through my pregnancy, but I felt empowered. I felt hot. I felt sexy. Not necessarily physically. Okay, I didn't. <laughs> just so you guys don't feel like you're alone. Yeah, not but, that everyone No, but does. like I felt, I, you feel cool that you're creating human life. But, it's an incredible I mean, thing. I personally didn't feel the most beautiful. I felt like... I was developing deeply etched forehead lines and like <laughs> missing my injectables and retinoids and things like that. But anyway, um, fair enough. But you were still functional as a pregnant person, right? Functional and also, why can't clothes or you know make you feel a little bit better if you're not feeling great, right? That's the whole thing. You don't have to. The clothes should help you feel better, right? Even if you're not feeling good, um, let cashmere, let something that's thought about for you. Um, just kind of and do some of the work for you so you don't have to do it all alone. It's, it's, it's exhausting. It's, it's robust to, to handle a baby inside you on top of nobody talking to you or looking at you, you know? Yeah. And if you think about it as a society, half of the adult female population, roughly, is, you know, pregnant, postpartum, or prepartum, like in that peripartum period at any given moment in life. And, you know, we're still major players, you know? We're always major <laughs> we're players. We're always major players. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I um, I was asked, you know, sometimes I do interviews and things like that. And so I was a talking head on World News Tonight when I happened to be, like, literally nine months pregnant with my fourth child. And my belly got cropped out of the shot. And I was so pissed about it because, wow. you know, not, not that it's unsightly, not that any person on earth is unsightly you know we're all people you can look however you want to look but it, I didn't think about it at the time and at that time I was actually kind of grateful that they cropped out my huge large abdomen but when I think back on it in retrospect now that I'm back in my skinny jeans and <laughs> I can say it from a safe place um, I feel really bad that there are not more public portrayals of women in peripartum situations because it makes you feel like if you're pregnant, you can't accomplish anything. Yeah, I do think that it's evolving. I think it's changed. I think Instagram yeah. and social media and just the celebration um, of women 
is changing that. So I'm really thrilled with the fact that like it's okay to rock a bump and it's okay to be proud. I mean, if anything, it's it's so badass now. To, you know, yeah, like, it's we like, cool. are powerful. Yeah, um, and people are coming around to it. So um, it's all good, I think, for women. Uh, what's happening right now? We're opening up these. Um, you know, we're breaking down these walls and, and we're making ourselves heard, which is really cool. So you were speaking about Instagram. How has social media played a role in the development of the brand Hatch and, you know, your marketing strategy? Yeah, I mean, being bootstrapped means that I didn't raise $10 million like a lot of these other D2C brands did. So um, a lot of these brands are growing quite quickly because they can pay to acquire customers. For Hatch, it's been way more um, organic in the sense of putting product on people, um, both celebrities and working with their stylists, but also influencers and, and, and just women who then are so excited when they get the package that they share it. Um, and because of the visual and our brand aesthetic, um, we've been able to grow a lot through Instagram just by paying it forward with these beautiful images. Um, another thing is developing product that's really good on Instagram. So when we launched um, Hatch Mama Beauty last year, we decided to come out with non-toxic belly tattoos that can be like the belly of the month to tell the world how far along you are, which is really awesome. So because clever, I know. It pays it forward, right? So women and put it's on very a very Instagrammable. And it's Instagrammable, and then they tag Hatch because it's a great idea. So being thoughtful and using the channel, but also using what women want to share themselves and what's happening rather than writing it with lipstick on your belly, we gave them something that's safe and easy and fun. Um, so it's just kind of working the channel and making sure that we're being thoughtful and uh, connecting the dots. What do you mean by non-toxic beauty? Just something that can't harm the baby if it seeps through the skin. So we're very, so everything um, in our line, so we developed eight SKUs last year, um, really to combat uh, the, you know, the top eight problems that women face during pregnancy and postpartum. Um, not everything, but we just kind of pulled our little community and just asked like, where, where can we help? Stretch marks and, and have fun at the same time. So one of the things that we've done, which I'm most proud of is, um, we took kind of the whole craze around the Korean sheet mask for the face. And we're um, in the process of patenting one for the belly. So our belly mask is quite popular. So you can kind of mask at home at night and give moisture to your belly, um, which also helps prevent stretch marks and, and kind of makes you feel better about yourself. So really just having fun with the concept and, and, and providing women with things that make them feel good. Um, I also felt <clears throat> during the journey of Growing Hatch that there wasn't a beauty um, kind of brand that owned the conversation as well from um, not only the solution product, but how the product looks on your dresser and makes you feel good as a lady. And so our packaging and branding also is part of the entire experience just to make you feel like you can invest in yourself and feel um, like everything's going to be great and feel great during this time. That's very cool. And I feel like those are things that once you mention them, it surprises me that they've been neglected for so long. And that's why I'm patenting it because I can't believe it hasn't been done before. Um, but yeah, you know, there's there's bits and pieces and beautiful little mom and pop brands that do this and that. But building a holistic brand that feels like a home base for women where we've done the thinking for you, that's what I want Hatch to be and that's what it's becoming. Um, I have, you know, one of our best products is the Hatch to Hospital box. So everything, you know, the fundamentals that a woman needs to take to the hospital to deliver. So cashmere socks, um, a full brief panty, a robe, a nursing gown, um, just really thoughtful things that where I can do the packing list for you and you don't have to deal and you can just check it off your list. That's the concept behind the brand. Let, let me do the work and we've got your back. Oh, I wish I had this for all my different pregnancies. <laughs> me too, yeah. So <laughs> Six kids, I know. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm like done having kids, so I probably won't need that. You know, the, the hatch to hospital, like I could have totally used that. Isn't that fun? And it, Those moments just... in the middle of the night where you're like, oh my God, where are my fuzzy socks? 
right? And just want you want to feel warm and, and kind of yourself in the hospital too, which can be kind of um, feel like a stranger. So yeah, it's been an incredible journey, and again, we're just we're just beginning. Um, and building the community is really powerful. I, st I started the company to sell stuff, quote unquote, and, um, and beautiful things and develop a great brand. I never realized um, that building something meaningful was gonna be that much more rewarding. And now Hatch actually means way more than I ever thought it might. And it's really, really cool. And it's a great name. Thanks. It's one of those aha moments. I woke up in a deep sweat next to my husband and I was like, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> when I was trying to explain to my kids how they came to be, I told them they hatched out of my belly, which it's worked for a time. Yeah, we might <laughs> we might have to evolve beyond that. Um, okay, I wanted to ask you a little bit about the business side of yeah, Hatch. Sure. Um, how long did it take you to hire your first employee besides yourself? Good question. So... Um, my first employee, probably I was manning the company for about five months before um, it really connected. Actually, I built the website. I went to India with my husband and some friends after um, Charlie had been born, but my parents were looking after her, and um, I went away for a little inspiration trip. And I said to my husband, I think this was four months in, I think we made a mistake. I made a mistake. Don't kill me. You know, I kind of blew our savings. And he goes, don't worry about it, babe. I'll work harder. It's going to be fine. And then literally at like the second, um, the second day that we were on our trip, the style section of the New York Times hit with a profile and hatch. And it, it wasn't that it was gangbusters in terms of sales, but the momentum just started to, you know, just There's connect. nothing like your first New York Times article <laughs> to give you some legitimacy. And you just then like, you're like an actual person. Once you have your name in the New York Times, you're a real person. It, was, it really is that stamp. And again, it's not a huge revenue driver, but there's something about it that just clicks where it's just a little bit of a catalyst. And you just kind of have to wait for it. So um, then the momentum started to kick, and you realize that you're doing everything from packing boxes to updating the site. I mean, there's so many things, especially in a garment, you know, related business. And so I hired my first employee probably five to six months in. Um, but remember, I was managing two birds also, so I had a few girls on there where I made them split their job and help me out too. And I was selfishly kind of pulling them into my new venture. And. How long did it take for you to be in the black, like to break even with regard to Hatch? Another great question. So I am obsessed with profit. I don't know, given that it's my own, it has been my own money. We did raise money last year, but prior to that, um, you know, putting food on the table for my family, just being solvent is incredibly important to me. So um, I can't really go to sleep at night if I'm not bringing in more than I'm spending. So we've been profitable um, really throughout the entire journey. And while... Um, in, you know, some of my contemporaries in these fast-growing direct-to-consumer brands are booming and losing money while they're growing so fast. It's just a philosophy that I don't necessarily believe in. So Hatch is growing steadily um, year over year, almost doubling, but at a, at a slower rate, but a really strong, um, with a strong foundation so that if Facebook changes their al algorithm or we go into a recession, we're going to be fine. Which is so smart because I always, I always worry about the boom and bust cycle of the grant, the the brands that pop up overnight. I, I know that many of them have become some of the world's greatest success success stories, so I totally appreciate that. But I think there's part of me that's you know still the child of immigrant parents that's like. You guys, you're overspending. <laughs> totally. I never want my team to feel like we have yeah. too much money. Like it, It's about being smart and making wise decisions, and we can do that. Right. Just always applying the discipline of never feeling too 
um, like our resources are too abundant or, or just we have money to blow. It just doesn't work like that. Do you disclose your numbers in terms of sales or revenue or reach or, or is, do, you, do you feel comfortable sharing any aspect of like the number side of how, how Hatch is doing right now? I, in percentage-wise, we are growing beautifully. Um, we, um, our direct business um, grew triple digits last year, um, and we continue to kind of have that hope for the next couple years moving forward. So we're going to start to step on the gas now. We're raising um, a Series A right now, which is a full-time job. So it's another kind of level of stress that you add to like managing 31 people and, and the day-to-day. So both being the visionary of the creative and of the product of the marketing strategy, but now I'm doing a song and dance in front of, you know, all sorts of people every single day. Um, so it's a it's a big deal. But that money that we're raising is actually going to fuel some of the um, some of the growth that we're going to kind of step on the gas with in the next couple months. What advice do you have for someone who might be listening who wants to start their own brand? I don't. I, Ask a lot of questions, but don't ask too many that'll stop you from going at it. Just do one thing every day, like I said at the beginning, that builds the momentum. And if you have an idea, um, hopefully it's in a white space or there, there's not too, it's not too saturated in what you're going after to do, because it really helps when um, you carve something out that is thoughtful um, and necessary and needed by people. Um, and put your head down and just drive it and, and, and think about um, connecting with the consumer and if it's a consumer product good and just and just believe and have a dream but just don't let anybody stop you just keep doing one thing every day so that that momentum keeps building and building was there anything that built momentum for you that really surprised you where at the time you thought oh this is probably not going to pan out and then it ended up being amazing well, that's a good question. Well, Meghan Markle just rocked Hatch um, two weeks ago, which was a huge, huge <laughs> The Markle crazy. Sparkle. I mean, that was incredible. I mean, she's was, awesome, right? She's amazing on so many levels. What a beautiful like example she sets for all of our daughters and for us. Did that um, did that um, have a huge effect for you? Huge effect. The global press around getting a prince, you know, getting a royal um, in your brand, right, is so immense. From the Daily Mail, like you can't, you cannot pay for that press. Um, and you sell out of that item and then I'm not gonna lie in a couple of weeks you kind of go back to business as usual but everything's a little bit higher because your base you know your foundation you have the cachet it's, it's like totally. a feather in your hat it really is it really is so it forever changes that which is amazing but it doesn't you know it doesn't allow you to stop hustling yeah um, do you feel like influencer marketing is dead or do you think I mean Meghan Markle and Kate Middleton excluded right. but um, but do you feel do you feel that way? Because I, I was chatting with some other people about this. Um, a couple of my friends who started an app called Shop or called Mass, where they're sort of trying to take influencers out of product purchase decisions, and they were mentioning that people are so savvy now that everyone's scrolling through their Instagram feed, and if someone is tagging a product, they kind of know on some level that it's not that it's not as real as if they were getting it on their own. And that, that was their argument. I, I don't know if that's wholly true, but I was curious what your take on it is. Listen, I don't think it's it. I think from an awareness standpoint, you know, having people wear your stuff, show your stuff to an audience that you can't reach on your own is always going to be a plus, right? It's going to be better. Um, can people sniff out BS? Absolutely. Way more. That's why building, you know, your messaging and being authentic is way more important now because people are on to you way faster. Um, I will say, though, that, you know, just having 
a lot of these people, like this micro-influencer kind of approach, um, is really helpful just in reaching kind of these little crevices in the world that you can't necessarily get to. Um, so I won't stop doing, you know, from a Hatch perspective, reaching women in all different states, all different kind of ethnicities and, and income brackets. We're going to continue to do that because our product works on everybody, so why not? Paying influencers, though, is a way different a different story. I, I've never really done that, and I never, I don't think I will because I don't think the ROI on that is there anymore. I mean, a couple years ago, we I would open Us Weekly and look at what people were wearing and what Gwen Stefani was rocking and, and seeing the credits, and that used to be really meaningful. Today, nobody reads that stuff. People, credits, like none of these credits in these magazines or these celebrities really make a difference. So it's nice cachet to have a celebrity page on your website or be able to talk to it on Instagram, but it's not moving the needle on a revenue standpoint. Yeah, and I think that I think that that's what I've heard from a lot of people, that it sort of gives you a little bit of... Um, brand power, but it's a long game rather than a short game. Totally. And I wouldn't pay for it because a lot of these girls got so expensive so quickly that you're boxed out and then they almost kind of, you know, defeated themselves because, you know, once you're boxed out, people go elsewhere and yeah. then other people become important that are, you know, not as expensive. Who can afford the half million dollar <laughs> exactly. Kim Kardashian post exactly. besides, um, you know, flat tummy tea? Nobody exactly. else can afford it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so, okay, that's really interesting. Um, one thing I wanted to talk to you about, we're running out of time, but this is so fun. I feel like I have a lot more questions for you. Um, I wanted to ask you about, uh, the concept of pregnancy related beauty and postpartum beauty, um, Mm -hmm. as it relates to, um, my work, which is, um, plastic surgery. Um, and I wanted to ask you kind of your thoughts on, um, Things like, um, things like things that are not in the category of stuff that you sell on um, through Hatch Mama, like stuff like um, retinoids, where you know that's not an appropriate product for pregnancy or nursing, um, or um, Botox, which is omnipresent but also not appropriate for um, pregnancy or nursing, um, or the immediate postpartum period. And um, do you have sort of a philosophy about that, or like thoughts on that topic? Because it's something that a lot of people I meet who are postpartum are talking about and thinking about? Mm-hmm. It's a great question. Um, I, I and Hatch have a perspective that we want to provide information so that women can make their own decisions. Um, every product that we put out there um, is going to be mama safe as, as much as we can control. Um, what women want to do um, outside of the products that we're providing and what I've done as a mother, I mean, I got an epidural. Often I'm kind of embarrassed by it because of the community that I'm building, but I'm also proud of the fact that I made my own decision based on the information that I had. Yeah, totally. And that's totally okay. That's what I want Hatch, the Hatch community to feel. Like, we can give them all the information and let them, I want, I want people to make their own choice. It's getting your hair colored during pregnancy, some people say they're not cool with that. I got my hair colored. Like, we are not standing for anything on one side too hard or the other. It's about creating a, a world where you have choices to decide what makes you feel good and better, as long as you're informed and educated with the information. So um, I'm not going to get in anyone's way or judge anybody, nor is Hatch at all. Yeah. Um, and as we evolve in our content and what we're feeding people, we're going to continue to provide information on both sides so that we're giving you permission to be you and to be confident and to do what you want to do as long as you have uh, the information you need to make that decision. That was so eloquent. 
And I, 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 I totally agree with that. I think that it's, um, it's, it's interesting. It's, I, it's interesting because a lot of times people are put into very narrow boxes that, you know, if you are vegan and all organic, then you should be giving birth underwater with a doula and definitely not with an epidural or, you know, I've heard all sorts of things like that. And, um, or if you are a person of substance and you want to, you know, kick ass in the boardroom and, you know, be in charge of a company, then you, um, then you shouldn't be so frivolous that you care about having gray hairs and things like that. And I just think that we're finally at a time where people need to let each other make their own informed decisions, that there's no one right recipe for, for life or success or happiness or beauty. That's, that's the mantra the permission to actually be both and all you can be vegan and and have an epidural <laughs> like I can be a great mom and not like you know not eat my placenta like there's a lot of amazing I definitely <laughs> when I was having my kids was like could you page anesthesia stat I need an epidural immediately I cannot handle this and really? that's okay. Yeah, and, right. you know, I, I used to feel guilty. Did I not have the same bond with Georgie or Charlie? Like, because, you know, and, you know, it's okay. And no, it's not the case. And and these these judgments, um, we're not about that. So I'm not about that. So do as you please. Be happy as long as you know um, that you're informed. Amazing. Um, so the last question I wanted to ask you um, is a question that I ask everyone who's on the podcast because this is Beauty Bosses. You're clearly a boss of an awesome company, but I'd like you to tell us what beauty means to you. Great question. Um, beauty means to me uh, comfort and confidence and um, feeling good in your own skin. And that's when I think beauty shines. I really do think physically beauty manifests from your ease and comfort in your own skin. But more metaphorically, I really think that beauty is um, becoming one with yourself and permitting yourself to be you um, and not uh, not take things just too seriously. Great. I love that. Well, this has been so fun and I really appreciate you coming on here. Thank I feel like we could me. chat all day. Thank you so much. Um, thank you so much. And where can people learn more about you and Hatch? Sure. So the website's hatchcollection.com and on Instagram we're at hatchgal. Perfect. So we'll be sure to follow everything that's happening. Awesome.